Hello and welcome to episode 90 of the EdTech Takeout from Grantwood AEA. My name's Jonathan Wiley and I'm here again with Mindy Carney. Episode 90, hit a 10. Hit a 10. It's a 10 mark. We're 10 away from 100. I guess, yeah. yeah. Should we have a big celebration at 100? I, well, I mean, define celebration. Your idea of celebration and my idea of celebration might be different. <laughs> Where might we be 10 episodes from now? We might be in the summer. Who knows? Yeah, right. <laughs> it will at least be, I would think, what, the fall, right? Mm, maybe what? before then. We'll see. You think so? Oh, my gosh. Oh, know. boy. We're going to have to talk about that off air. <laughs> I think we might. <laughs> All right. News and follow-up. Not a lot today. Not a whole lot today, but just like last time, I think that gives us more time to talk to our amazing guest today. That's right. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll fire some of this out and get it done. Uh, First up, I have more toolbar news. Okay. Um, We had toolbar update last week from Google Slides. And this time, it's a new toolbar for Screencastify. Oh, they have redone their uh, toolbar, which used to live in that bottom left-hand corner of the screen down there. Yeah. And it was pretty static. But, you know, you can do different things now. You can drag it around the screen and put it in different places. Oh, I like that. Okay. Um, you can also do fun stickers and shapes that are kind of like, you know, Zoom reactions type of thing. They've oh. got some emojis and thumbs up and yeah. party things. Party things. Um, well, you don't like that. <laughs> You're throwing a party on Screencastify. Well, there you go. Why not? Um, you can draw a rectangle around things. Oh, I like so that. So if okay. you wanted to highlight something, nice. and you could draw a rectangle around it. Um, they've got the, the usual kind of you know mouse clicks where you have the halo on it or the yeah. focus, which they had before. But they also have fireworks. Oh, good. I love that. I think that's the Screencastify equivalent of the rainbow pen or something nice. like that. <laughs> so okay. you just click and then fireworks appear on the screen. Oh, so okay. I think that could be kind of interesting. That is kind of interesting. Yeah, well. sure. And you can, oh, you can do all of those things on the toolbar if you want. But, but they've also got um, keyboard shortcuts. So okay. if you're one of those people, and I'm just going to say, let's say, for instance, I was one of those people right. that did it like the toolbar on the screen yeah. when you were screen recording, you could leave the re- toolbar off oh, nice. and then yeah. just memorize a few keyboard shortcuts. Mm-hmm. And then you can use those to turn on the mouse focus or turn off the mouse focus or turn on the fireworks yeah. and turn off the fireworks. Yeah. Are you a keyboard shortcut user? I am. I am, yeah. You probably make your own. Do you make your own? Do I make my own? Uh, I have for a few apps, like for Snagit and some things like that. But that gets tricky because there's so many like keyboard shortcuts already built into your computer that you're like, no, I can't use that one because that's for something else. Yeah, right. At one point, I tried to do like uh, an A to Z, uh, control plus A is this, control plus B is this, control oh. plus C is this. And they, they all do different things, don't they? You know, whether you're selecting all or bolding or uh-huh. copying or pasting. And uh-huh. and I thought that would be kind of a fun exercise to do, just go through. And, you know, I think that's part of digital literacy as well, keyboard shortcuts and things like that. So so I saw that um, Jen Giffen just the other day uh, posted a um, picture of a student's um, keyboard that had all of the shortcuts, like on one of those, like those things you lay over top of your keyboard. Oh, yeah. 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 And I thought, oh, that would be kind of fun because you Mm -hmm. could, I mean, there, like you said, there's a keyboard shortcut for everything. 
But sometimes it's just a matter of finding it, you know, and knowing, like taking the moment to go and find what it is. So I was like, maybe I need one of those because I really like keyboard shortcuts. So we could do a whole episode on keyboard shortcuts. We probably could, but no one would want to listen. That sounds like a dull episode. No, I don't think it would be a riveting episode. (laughs) So next keyboard shortcut on the list is, (laughs) yeah, let's not go there. All right. What's next on your list here? Um, I've got a post here by uh, Richard Byrne about Google Meet transcripts. He has come across um, a Chrome extension that will automatically save the transcript of a meeting into a Google document. So as soon as your meeting ends, basically, it opens a, a new tab and we'll put the transcript in there for you. And the transcript is timestamped with the nice. name of the speaker. Nice. So I thought that was kind of an interesting yeah. you know, accessibility type of idea on there. Huh. I don't know how 100% accurate it is. I've not sure. tried it out yet. but um, At least it's a start, too. Yeah. Like, that's the nice thing. Well, even when... Um, like just making a transcript gripped from like a Google Drive video or something like that. Like I used to just to get started would turn on voice typing and just let it let it ride. And, you know, at least it gives you something to start with, because if you're trying to create that stuff on your own, I mean, it's like an impossible task. It's just, you know. But the ability to like separate it out by speaker. Yeah, that's awesome. There is is nice to have on there. So, yeah, Hmm. I like that. So I'll link to that if anybody's interested. Nice. Came across a new podcast. I thought I'd also share on here because um, we have, well, Pre-pandemic, we had uh, Peter DeWitt come and visit us fairly yeah. frequently at Grant Wood. He yeah. was he was there a few times a year, and so he's doing a, a new podcast. Oh, on, nice! Um, if anybody wants to listen to that, it's called Leaders Coaching Leaders, and Peter interviews some uh, different thought leaders in education. Oh, nice! And they cover a variety of different topics from SEL to, you know, um, multilingual learners in the classroom. Um, So all kinds of different things. It's just started. They've only got maybe five episodes out so far. Hmm. But if you are interested in an interesting podcast, I think we would both give um, Peter DeWitt our recommendation. He does a lot of great stuff. Oh, yeah. I am a huge fan of Peter DeWitt. Total fangirl. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. All right, you've got one more, and then I've got one. What else you got here? All right, um, I've got my perfect presentation, which is something I saw. Humble of you. (laughs) I just thought I'd share my perfect presentation. (laughs) Oh, look, it's a link to one of my own presentations. Yes, (laughs) this was uh, shared by Tony Vincent on Twitter, actually. Oh, okay. Okay, this is interesting, because you know there's a lot of those... Uh, you know, a slide template type of websites yeah. out there. There's Slides Carnival yeah. and Slide Mania yeah, right. and all this kind of thing. Well, there's a small twist on this one because this one was created by two 10th grade students. Oh, really? Yeah, so if you can read their, their bios on here and what they like to do, but um, two 10th grade students put together this website of Google Slide Templates, and you know what? The templates are actually really good, so oh, nice. you can have a look at all the uh, templates. I mean, not too dissimilar to some of the other sites you're using, but right. so if you're looking for some new ideas, some more um, unique ideas, then uh, you can explore the brains of these two 10th graders and, and what they've been putting together here, and... Take a look at some of their 
fun designs. Yeah, they're different. It's hard to find stuff, I think, that looks different. They've got, yeah, huh. I'll uh, bookmark this right now and try to be fun to use one in just a presentation at some point in time and say, oh, this template was designed by a 10th grade student. Not by me. (laughs) Yeah, and just to be clear, it's not my perfect presentation, but the website is called My Perfect Presentation. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. All right, so to round up news and follow-up, just this last week, I think it was, Highlander Institute, and we talked about Highlander Institute when Best Wants was on, uh, talking about blended and personalized learning. They usually have a conference. um, It's... I, we, we were supposed to go last year, and all I remember is that I was traveling um, the Friday before Easter. And so I know it must have – I mean, it must traditionally be this week at some point in time. Anyway, they are offering a spring learning series as opposed, I believe, to that conference called um, COVID Clarity. And they are on um, Thursdays for the next three weeks. So starting April 1st, they will have Centering on Instructional Equity. Um, So then the next one would be April 8th would be Leading Inclusive Change. And then the following Thursday would be Designing for Enduring Improvement. And they are, I think if I remember correctly, an hour and a half um, in the evenings I was am unable to attend any of them live, so I I didn't see that they would send me the recording, but I did sign up for them because a lot of times if you sign up for that kind of stuff, they'll send you the recording afterwards. Um, but I thought that those might be interesting, and they kind of connected with some of the you know topics that we've had on the pod, talked about on the podcast um, in the past. So. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes for you to register. You can register for um, all three of them individually. You can, um, you know, just choose one that you think is the most interesting. But uh, might be some topics of uh, that you know are just really present right now and what's going on. So thought I would share that with you, people. That's a great share, Mindy. Yeah, lots of great topics on there and. I think you will normally be able to uh, just get that recording if you sign up for it. In fact, I I signed up for a webinar recently or I was going to sign up for a webinar recently and and it gave me the option. It said, Mm. do you want to just get the recording or do you want to attend live? And so, yeah, I think we might see more of that now. Yeah, I do that a lot with the Seesaw stuff because I would prefer – a lot of times the Seesaw stuff I feel like it is, yeah, in the afternoon and – my kids are way too busy with sports for me to ever sit down in the evening and watch a live webinar, but it is nice to always have them. And then, you know, you can always go back and watch them again or use it when you need it or whatever. So, All right. So that's it for news and follow-up. You betcha. All right. So up next, serve to you piping hot. Our main course today, which always sounds weird when we have a guest and I say it this way, I feel like, but um, serve to you piping hot Eric Kurtz <laughs> on a shiny silver platter. Here he is. <laughs> He's <hot> stuff. <laughs> that is, that's the best introduction I've had in a long time. <laughs> oh, so Eric, um, we we talk about you all the time on this, so on the podcast, so it seems like it's only fitting that you're here, especially since you're coming to virtual iTech, um, well, in April, so right around yes. the corner. Um, but for those of our listeners who maybe are wondering, the um, age-old question that Wiley always loves to ask is, who is Eric Kurtz? Let's get real deep here. 
Awesome. Well, hey, guys, thank you so much for having me on. It is absolutely a pleasure and honor because I love what you guys do. It is such a great podcast and always valuable information. And I love your banter. I love everything about it. So uh, it's it's a pleasure for me to be here. Um, so who is Eric Kurtz? Well, I am an educator. Uh, I, this is my 29th year in education. Um, I live in Northeast Ohio, and I started off as a middle school math teacher here, taught middle school math for seven years, and then switched over to technology, uh, became like a tech coach or a tech integration person. And I've been doing that ever since. Uh, so currently I work at a regional service center uh, serving about 35 school districts in Northeast Ohio, uh, supporting them with uh, tech integration ideas, um, professional development, uh, googly resources, things like that. That's my day job. Then on the side, uh, I'm a Google trainer, Google innovator. Um, I run the website controlaltachieve.com where I share all my stuff and encourage people to check that out if they haven't had a chance to be there recently. Always trying to add new resources and videos and projects and things like that to the site. And I did have my book, <clears throat> the Control All Achieve book came out uh, last year as well, uh, which uh, is filled with dozens of creative, practical ways to use Google tools with your students. So um, <clears throat> that's the professional end of it. Uh, other than that, uh, I'm a grandpa to two wonderful, beautiful grandchildren uh, who thankfully live about 10 minutes away from me. Oh, nice. So if, I'm, if, I'm not, uh, if I'm not doing tech stuff, I'm, I'm over there playing with the grandkids or they're over here playing. Um, and of course, beyond that, uh, picked up a lot of hobbies during COVID. Uh, oh. Bird watching, uh, mushroom hunting, kombucha <laughs> brewing. Oh, uh, nice. Wow. Yeah, I picked, picked up a lot of things you got to do something to keep your sanity yeah. <laughs> so anyway so that's that's me in a nutshell well let, let me share um i don't know if this will be a fun story or not but this is how i first uh how you first got on my radar eric and it was a number of years ago so i, I thought you might get a kick out of this but um i think the first time i heard of eric kurtz was through a Google site you created for your school. I think it was like North Canton or oh, something. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yes. And it was way back in the day when, you know, the old Google sites, um, which were they, were, they were hard to make look good. And so yeah. I, I used your, your, your website a lot as an example of, you know, you can make a Google site look good. It, it takes some effort and it takes some time. But look at this. Yeah. Here's an example because we had schools thinking, oh, we, we should just do a Google site. That would save us so much on hosting and all the rest. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah but it's, it's not as easy as you think. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I love the old I love the old Google sites. Uh, and I mean, I love the new one, too. It's gorgeous. But uh, I did love the flexibility that you could get in and edit the HTML with a little bit of HTML knowledge. Yes, you really could make those sites look pretty nice. And so uh, that's awesome that that's uh, yeah, that, that was stuck in my head. Yeah. I mean, the <laughs> other one that I remember is uh, you did you used to do these uh, like Google Doc tutorial type things right. and you had the paperless classroom with google docs and that That's was before right. google classroom <laughs> yeah and you adapted that for ipads yes that's right um, yeah. and uh, i remember you doing such a phenomenal job and so i like shared in reverse you know whenever i would be showing that I'd say oh again if you're using ios you know here's this amazing you know you know a document as well so i very much appreciate and i and i love that idea of people iterating on top of each other. Um, and I think it's just a mindset, you know, and I, 
I think most educators have this mindset. Not always. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. when I first started teaching, some people were like, oh, I've got this awesome lesson I do, but you can't have it. And don't anybody, mm-hmm. you know, look, I'm going to do this amazing thing with my kids and, you know, very uh, controlling of it. And then there's a, the other mindset of, hey, here's this awesome thing. Why don't you try it too? You know, and I, I love that mindset where folks, you know, just give stuff away, put stuff out there and say, yeah, because there's nothing that I've ever created that, you know, is original. It's, I was inspired by somebody. I saw something and, oh, here's, here's my twist on it. So I I just, I love that. I love when people take things and make something new with them. So thanks for doing that. Well, we weren't going to talk teacher pay teachers today, but, uh, you know, since you brought it up, (laughs) I didn't say, I didn't say those words. No. (laughs) No, and they, listen, I and I don't I don't mean to take I'm not taking a stand at all on anything like that. Hey, whatever anybody wants to do, that's awesome. You know, more power to you. I just um I know that I have benefited from the free exchange of knowledge and resources. It has, you know, made me a better person. It's helped me learn new things. It's helped me reach more people than I ever could any other way. And I just thank educators who share that mindset. Yeah, well, you you give back a lot, and I, I know the last few months or like uh, during the the pandemic shutdown, I can't remember how many times I shared your Google Hangouts video series yeah, because <laughs> we sure. had all these schools that were you know thinking, wait, so how does this work in Hangouts? Or they tried it in Zoom, but they were stuck with that yeah. forty five minute limit and things like that. And that yeah. whole series was a lifesaver for people, mm-hmm, for sure. Well, I appreciate it. it's great. I was doing it for my local schools because that's what they needed. But then it's like, Hey, if it helps them, maybe it'll help others. And so yep, that's the idea. Awesome. So Eric, I think I mentioned this, but in case um, people don't know, you are coming to virtual iTech in April, right around the corner. Yes. And um, you're kind of one of the featured speakers. So what are your plans for iTech? Do you mind giving us a little bit of a, um, I don't know, a sneak peek at oh, what your sessions absolutely. will be for iTech? <laughs> yeah. So the four sessions that uh, we ended up going with, um, the first one is uh, making and taking tours with Google Earth. Um, and so we're going to be looking at that project tool that was added to Google Earth, eh, you know, within the last year or so that allows you to build a virtual tour inside of Google Earth, basically replacing Google Tour Builder, not creator, that's its own beast, but Google Tour Builder, uh, which is being sunset this summer, uh, you know, that has all been replicated very nicely inside of Google Earth projects. And actually, even better, I think. I mean, there's there's a lot more things you can do with it. So we're going to be looking at uh, how to, you know, create your own virtual tours, maybe as a teacher wanting to, you know, teach your students content, but I'm hoping as students, you know, this is a another wonderful option for a student, rather than just maybe doing a slideshow or a video or whatever, here's one more option for them to show their learning. And it can apply, you know, to any subject area, any, anytime we want to tie something to, to the real world, whether we're visiting other countries or exploring biomes or doing something in history. I've seen math ones where people are finding, you know, uh, buildings that are shaped as different solids, you know, you know, you can make tours out of just about anything. So uh, we'll be looking at that in one of the sessions. Um, 
Then I'm also doing one called Holy Sheets, uh, which is on <laughs> using Google spreadsheets in creative ways. And so, um, and it really is about that. It's not, I mean, I love spreadsheets, but it's not, we're not going to be talking V lookups and pivot tables. And it's not that kind of a session, which I absolutely do love. It's all about what can your students do with as far as learning projects, you know? And so it's things, you know, like pixel art and using Flippity to make educational review games and building uh, learning databases and doing uh, uh, formative assessments that self-check the students. And it's uh, getting random writing prompts and all kinds of things like that, using spreadsheets in a way that maybe we normally wouldn't think of for student learning activities. Uh, I've got another one similarly on Google Drawings. So awesome uses of Google Drawings in the classroom. Same kind of thing. Just a you know a collection of loads and loads of creative ways. Whether you know it's creating a meme, whether it's having a student put themselves into a composite photo somewhere else, whether it's drag and drop poetry, graphic organizers, uh, clickable uh, images, all kinds of really creative things, math manipulatives that we can do with drawings. And then the last one is uh, probably one of my favorite sessions that I ever do. And it seems to be one that people just, you know, really flock to. And that's the hipster Google session. And the idea being, if you're a hipster, you're somebody who knows about something cool before it's cool that nobody else knows about. And <laughs> so it's basically taking the lesser known Google tools saying, okay, we know about Gmail, we know about docs, but here's 50, 60 little things that came out of 20% time at Google or through their area 120 or through whatever, just things that we may not have realized were Google products and how we can use them in our class. And we just ripped through a ton of those in that session. But that one's always different because there's constantly new things coming out. So I, I enjoy that one a lot. So those are the four that I am going to be presenting at the conference and really looking forward to doing that. Well, let me ask you about your uh, your Google Earth one. And this is well, it's kind of maybe in, in the same the same environment, I guess, but you, you mentioned briefly about Tour Creator and, uh, yeah. you know, we got expeditions going away. If you don't get asked here from me, you're probably going to get asked some by yeah. somebody at iTech, you know, oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, my expeditions are going away. What, what do we do? I mean, do you have any bright ideas on that one? We're, we're, we're taking all options here. Oh, sure thing. Yeah, I would absolutely recommend ThingLink as the replacement for Tour Creator. Um, and that's not like the only tool, but I mean, just to cut to the chase, that's what I have found to be the best replacement. Uh, I kind of found myself really scrambling on that because that was a session I had for ISTE uh, last year when ISTE got moved to like late November, early December. And within like, it was like a matter of weeks prior to that, that they sort of released the, the, the blog post saying, Hey, okay, tour creator and tour builder are going away. I'm like, <laughs> oh, great. Wait, I'm what? supposed to be presenting this <laughs> at virtual ISTE, ISTE live here in a couple of weeks. Great. Yeah. What do I do? You know? And so I ended up saying, well, let's do Google earth and let's talk about the tour capabilities in there. Let's do that. But then as I just looked at loads and loads and loads, um, ThingLink really has a very nice uh, 360 degree feature and it is free for educators. Um, and so, yeah, I wish it was free for students, those features, those advanced features, mm -hmm. but it is free for educators. And um, 
honestly, it's actually better than Tor oh. Creator in a oh. number of respects. Oh, go. It's really oh. easy to use. <laughs> it's really slick. It's easy to use. It's very easy to add a lot of um, media and resources to it. Mm-hmm. The thing where you run into the pitfall is it doesn't have the wonderful benefit of all the street view images. That mm-hmm. was right. that just that's a loss. I mean, yeah. I don't I don't I'm not I don't know how to replace that really. Now, I do have a trick that I do in my session when I because I do sessions now on ThingLink in place of Tor Creator. And there is a way that you can go to Google Street View, find a uh, a photo sphere in Street View that you're wanting to use, copy the link in a certain way from that, come back to ThingLink and embed it. It's not quite the same, but you can embed it as a link. So you're in the ThingLink and then you click on the link and then it opens this additional 360 sphere that is a Street View sphere. Now you don't have all the annotations that you normally have in that case, um, but it does work. It's, it, 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 it is a workaround. So I have found that to be so far my favorite replacement for it. So does ThingLink let you create your own 360 photos or do you have to have them somewhere else just to upload them to ThingLink? How how does that work? Sure. Yeah, you would upload them. Um, Now there is a... Uh, there's a gallery, there's a certain amount of public domain images available, but the idea would be no, uh, you would be uploading your own images. So using a 360 camera or just using, you know, an app on your phone, just like even just using the street view app and going boop, 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 and taking all the pictures. And then, you know, it makes the photosphere for you. And so, yeah, yeah. You can upload your own pictures to it. Yeah. We have those, uh, 360 uh, theta cameras at Grant Wood that have been gathering a little bit of dust over the pandemic there. So it might be time to to break those out again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, having said that, it's still a shame. There's just no way around (sighs) it. It's just, and that's a whole other thing for, I mean, that was a heartbreaker. Uh, Google has sent some things to the graveyard in the past. I've been like, okay, I kind of get it, whatever. Yeah, this one, I still vehemently object to it's yeah. just i do not believe this was the right choice to shut down uh, expeditions and tour creator i get tour builder we've got that replaced inside of google earth but tour create we need more options for student creativity not less right and this is now an area that's you know as far as google goes it's off the table we've got to find other tools to do it yeah, and especially for those schools that like invested in like oh expeditions and <laughs> oh all those funds and all of the rest. We're, we're talking, you know, thirty thousand dollars. We're talking, you know, tens of thousands of dollars yep. putting into this. Just wow, it's a shame. It's an absolute shame. It really is. Okay. Well, we we've talked about it before. We should yeah, we should let's, linger let's, on it. Let's, let's think about positive things. Let's be happy. <laughs> So uh, Google Drawings in the classroom, that that has me intrigued a little bit because on this podcast, Mindy is uh, <laughs> one of these people that says, you know what, I will use Google Slides every time before I yep. use Google mm, Drawings. Sure. <laughs> oh, sure. Yep. How much, how, where, where's the, where do you think the uh, the unique parts of Google Drawings are that, that make it stand out from Slides? Yeah. More? So, I mean, I, I will certainly echo what, 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 Mindy, what, what Mindy is saying there. Yeah, if you can do it in Drawings, you – I, 
99% of the time you can do it in slides. There is such a small difference there. And slides makes a lot of reasons to, to use because you can have the activity just like you would in Google Drawings, but then you can have supplemental slides that, you know, support it or go deeper mm. or something like that. So, yeah, I'm not here to say, yeah, you know, drawings is better than slides, but what makes the difference? Well, I mean, it would be a few things. Sometimes it's just the matter that you don't need um, as much, you know, uh, options and just one canvas is enough and there's no need to have more. And so, hey, simpler is maybe better in a case like that. Um, but the other thing I would say is um, Google Drawings has one option that slides doesn't, and that is the ability to make a transparent background. Um, oh, that's yeah. not an option in slides. You can make it white, but you can't make it transparent. Now, do you need that? No, but are there projects where you do? Yeah, yeah. There are times when you're doing design and you want to make something that's transparent because then you're going to take that and put that into something else. And so in a case like that, that's really nice. I certainly appreciate having that option. Um, but after that, yeah, I don't know that I would say that. I mean, I always introduce Google Drawings by basically telling people, hey, it's Google Slides if you had one slide. You know, that's <laughs> pretty much, you know, what yeah. what, what, what it is. Yeah. But it's simple. It's clean. Sometimes that's all you need is the one. You, you know, of course, we could compare it to Jamboard as well. I mean, you know, and, and there's crossover there and there's things that are different. So, you know, really between slides, Jamboard and drawings, all of those are canvases that we can create on. And I just say, you know, get used to each of them and use the one that you're most comfortable with. Certainly out of those, you know, slides is the most powerful, but you know, even take Jamboard. I mean, it doesn't have as many features, but sometimes that's great. The fact that it doesn't have a bunch, it's just really, really clean and simple. And the sticky notes are awesome. Of course, everybody loves those in Jamboard. Uh, but, <laughs> but if we could just have hyperlinks in Jamboard, everything would be fantastic. Well, yeah. It- <laughs> And I, yeah, I, I don't know. That's good. That's a good question. I mean, yeah. you know, what, what else are they going to, because it has yeah. taken off like gangbusters. Yeah. But I mean, I would say like the same thing with, with drawings. I don't always get why Google doesn't flesh out certain things like Google drawings does not have an insert video option like Google slides does, but it supports videos. If you just go to Google Slides and insert a video, you can copy and paste it into drawings and it right. works fine. Why isn't <laughs> it in that? the why isn't it in the menu? You know, why why isn't it there? I now another thing though I would say that I do like about drawings, and I think this is probably worth mentioning, is if you want to incorporate it with Google Docs, because let's say you want to make like a hyperdoc and you want it to be more included just in the document itself. Um, so with Google Drawings, I can build this really neat drag and drop thing. And yes, I could do it in slides too. Absolutely. But I can make this neat, you know, organizing activity or brainstorming thing or compare and contrast or whatever it is, math manipulatives. And then in Google Docs, I can insert that drawing into the Google document. And then when the students get their copy of the Google document, you know, they've got this embedded drawing that they can double click on, open it up, manipulate it hit, you know, save, and it reinserts mm-hmm. it back into the document. Now, could I do that in a slideshow? Sure, but it's going to be a separate file. Now I got two files. Now I'm linking out to something else. Sure. Whereas Google Drawings, if we do leverage that, we can make a 
far more engaging, interactive Google document. It's really the tool to bring some of that awesome interactivity into a document that you couldn't have otherwise. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it is interesting. So I was going to say all your sessions at iTech Care are all Google-based sessions. And yeah. a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff you do on your blog is, is Google. How did you how did you get into that side of things that it became it's not the only thing you do i know but it became it becomes such a big part of what you do and and a lot of what you're known for right well i mean for us it was a matter of me being at north canton schools like like you had mentioned and um i wouldn't expect people to know this but north canton was the home of of hoover appliances um and uh many many years ago while i was there in the school district so i've been doing this, like I said, 29 years, so probably 25 plus years ago, the Hoover company left, you know, I mean, that happens with businesses, you know, Mm -hmm. but our city was built on that and it just drastically changed, you know, the budgets we had to work with all of a sudden. And uh, I found myself being, you know, um, a, a tech integration person, you know, newly moved to that position from teaching math. And suddenly it's like, and we have no money. <laughs> like, so what do we do? Hmm. And so I'm out there searching for, okay, so what's the solution? And, and yeah, I looked at a lot of things, but, you know, eventually, you know, it was hmm, this Google apps thing sounds pretty neat. And at that point, I think only two other school districts in the state of Ohio that I was aware of were using Google Apps. And I talked to both. They were friends of mine and I visited with them. And I said, we got to do this, guys. And so that's what got me into it in the beginning was that it was a free alternative when we really needed something like that. Um, And then I think, yeah, it's kind of like a snowball. I mean, I got started in it really early and started sharing resources, and then that just grew. Um, And over time, um, it allowed me to be able to connect with folks all over the country, all over the world, you know, sharing these resources. Now, today, I still, you know, I'm strongly supporting of, of the Google tools. Well, lots of technologies, but the Google tools, because again, it's free. Now, yep, we've got the enterprise tier, which is now going to be you know, teaching and learning and, and Google Education Plus and, you know, however <laughs> you want to call it. Yep. But the core is free. And it's it's not that, oh, hey, here's a free program called Google Slides you can make slideshows with. It's more than that. It's a tool that we can make stop motion animation with and choose your own adventure stories with and, you know, drag and drop activities. And it's about Google providing us with a set of tools that we can do so many amazing things with. And the schools I support, some have big budgets, some have little, some are, you know, big schools, little schools, you know, city schools, rural schools, they're all over the map. And I always want to know if I'm going to take my time to invest in a video, I'm going to train somebody on how to do something. If I'm going to put the time into that, I want it to be able to reach as many people as possible. So I'm constantly drawn toward what's free or what has a free version so that I'm not going to put something out there and have half of my schools go, oh, awesome, and half go, well, we, we can't afford that. So I think that's one of the driving things for me is, is it a technology that's not an end in itself? Is it a tool that can be used in a lot of ways? And is it something that is either totally free or at least has a free version that is viable for schools to use? And if it does that kind of stuff, you know, then, you know, 
Awesome. Let's let's hit the ground run and think of all these awesome ways we can now incorporate it into teaching our students and helping them learn. So that's been the driving force for why I continue to stay in, you know, mostly focusing on the Google, the Google ecosystem. Yeah. Well, I think we find that challenging at times, too, because, you know, a lot of times people want to know what the newest, greatest next thing is. And a lot of times I'm like, but Google does that. (laughs) You can do what you're looking for in Google. So why a new tool? Why not use the same tools and just try and find different ways to use them? And so sometimes it's I think our job is a lot about the, you know, what's new and what's exciting. And but at the same time, I'm always like, but why would you want to learn something new or have another login or send kids somewhere else when all of this can yeah. be built in this home base that you've already created and you have access to and integrates into all of the other things that you already have access to. And Absolutely. so it's nice to hear someone else kind of say that too and not <laughs> just feel like a total snob about it. <laughs> well, no, no. I mean, I'm, to- I'm totally with you there. Um, I mean, of course, I love tools that also play nicely in the sandbox. You know, yeah, they play right, nicely in sure. the ecosystem. Like, like I love Moat. I, you know, it's not like it's new, but I mean, I absolutely love Moat. It plays so nicely with inserting audio directly into slides or adding, you know, audio comments into docs or classroom. Beautiful. What, I mean, that's the kind of stuff I love to see is where we all play together nicely. Right. Um, Yeah. So you mentioned there, I, I, it was I just slipped out. I know it was there, but you, Google Apps for Education. Do you remember when oh. it was way back? Uh, Google Apps. I mean, that, I, I felt quite comfortable with that name. And then we went to G Suite, and now we're on Workspace. And who knows uh, what will be in, in a few months' time. But uh, I think that Trust just speaks me. to the, you know, the testament of all the changes and everything that, that Google has done over, over the time. So yep. I know how Mindy and I, fail to keep up with all of those updates and changes but you seem really good at getting these blog posts out with like what's new this month and and all the latest changes and things how do you how do you keep up with all that stuff you got any tips for people who are you know interested in keeping up with all the latest changes from google sure um so the the absolute highest answer to that, the biggest answer is I use feedly so feedly is my number one tool for this now don't get me wrong I also get great stuff from YouTube, from podcasts, from Twitter, from Facebook groups. So I get stuff from a lot of things, but my absolute for sure go-to source is Feedly. So if people aren't familiar with that, it's an RSS aggregator. Um, Google used to have Google Reader talking about things Google has sent to the graveyard. They used to have Google Reader that did this. Basically what Feedly does is it allows you to subscribe to websites, to blogs. And so uh, most any website that does periodic updates has an RSS feed, real simple syndication. And that RSS feed is what allows us to pull content from websites then into a site like Feedly. And so what I've done over the years is in Feedly, I have created categories. So I've got a category called Google. I've got a category called EdTech. I've got a category called Subjects. And so inside of each of those, I start subscribing to websites and blog posts that cater to those. So, I mean, I'd have to check, but I think inside of the Google one, I probably have maybe 30 or so subscriptions that are blogs, like all of the Google official blogs, but also things like nine to five Google and, you know, other ones that, you know, deal with 
updates and things for Google. Well, here's the idea. All I have to do is just simply go to Feedly and just click on the Google category and everything from all of those sites comes to one place. And I can just see the headlines of every single new blog post from those blogs. And I just try to periodically, it's maybe not every day, it probably doesn't happen, but you know, every couple of days get on there and I just go click, 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 click. And I click on every single one of them and just kind of quickly glance. And it doesn't take long to be like, Nah, that doesn't apply. Like, oh, that's interesting, you know. And so that I let that tool bring the content to me rather than me visiting a hundred websites. Same thing for edtech. I mean, I probably in my edtech category, I've got well over a hundred blogs in there, and it's everybody you can imagine out there. Anybody I come across that's you know doing any kind of edtech blogging, I throw them into my Feedly subscriptions because I want to learn from them, and I just go click, 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 and I go, oh, wow, that's awesome! I love that, you know. And so then I'll share it out, or I'll put it into my updates, and you know, it'll be something that um, I can then hopefully share on a broader scale to, to, to others. So yeah, that's, that's my number one thing that works for me. I guess everybody's got to find what works for you, but. We appreciate you doing it. So we don't have to Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> carry on. You're doing great. Good job, soldier. Keep up the good work. <laughs> and then we just go to one place. We just go to control yeah. all achieve and then, yeah. you know, we get like, all no, the stuff there. Eric just going on. Aggregates yeah. of Eric's speed. Right. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that being said, Eric, where would people find you online? Although they probably, if they listen to this podcast, they probably know, but where would they find <laughs> you and all your amazing ed tech information? Yeah. So the easiest thing is just go to controlaltachieve.com because you'll find all the links from there. You know, sure. On most all social medias, I'm just Eric Kurtz, E-R-I-C-C-U-R-T-S, you know, so Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all those things. But Probably if you just go to controlaltachieve.com, that's the easiest because there you can find all my blog posts and my, you know, my link to my YouTube channel with all my videos, my link to Twitter. Um, I've got links to um, the video webinars I've done, links to my book that's out links to some online courses I've done, uh, a newsletter you can subscribe to to kind of get a little you know update each month on, hey, what's new? Um, so anything that I share, I try to have that be the main place that I share things through, even though I try to get out onto a lot of different channels to reach people where they're at. Um, but yeah, that's definitely the hub to go to. Awesome. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. But uh, last question, would you like to stick around and do some tech nuggets with us? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) All right. So up next is our favorite part of the show, tech nuggets. And Eric's sticking around. And actually, Eric may not know this, but he's always here for tech nuggets because you're my go-to always. So You've saved me a million times. I'm like, well, I need a tech nugget. Let's see. What's Eric got going on? So He's always here in spirit. He's always here saying? in spirit. That's right. Yeah, awesome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who wants to go first? Well, because Eric's here, I only have one. So you want me to go first and then I'll just sit back and be lazy? Sure. Yes. Okay. All right. So I have um, this thing called, I think it's text text anim because it's a cross between animation and text. And so you can um, put in a little bit of text, whatever, and it will make a GIF out of however you've designed your text. 
Um, and there are, there's um, like different patterns you can use, different background colors, different font sizes. There are a couple different things like this out there. This one um, is free though, and you don't have to have an account. You can just download it straight um, onto your desktop. And I think it's kind of a fun thing to use if you are working with slides, it works in Google Docs, anything just to kind of, you know, catch your eye, something different to do. And I just thought it was kind of something fun, maybe not something that you'd come across or think about using. So um, textanim.com. And then you just generate it, download it, toss it into whatever you'd like to use it. <laughs> that's fun i just copy and pasted it fun. into our doc but it didn't do the animation so i guess i need to download it first you have to download to get it, it as yes. a, get it as a gif or something as a gif <laughs> yes yep yeah. all right oh that's awesome that's a fun one. Oh, you use my name even oh that's so cute <laughs> i know <laughs> and eric was here but so even, was polite <laughs> yeah but even as not a gif it still is kind of fun right like even yep. if you just toss it in there it just makes the font a little bit different and you want to spice up a Google slide a or something bit. like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, I'll go next. I've got a couple of uh, quick ones I'll, I'll do here for you. Um, I guess this is what I said. First one is a tool I've been using for a while that I just kind of take, take for granted. And then I don't know if other people use these things or not. So I thought I'd share. And that's the idea of a clipboard manager. Um, because normally when you like control C or command C to copy something, you just copy one thing. But if you have a clipboard manager, you can copy multiple things and have like a whole list of things copied. So for instance, uh, like when I'm building a course in Canvas or something, I might want to copy the title of the article, but also the URL for the article. And so you just hit copy one and then you copy the other. And then when you go up to your little uh, clipboard manager, you can paste one and then click on the other one and paste the other one. And then you get both of those things so you can just go copy crazy and uh paste a whole bunch of things down there so there's the app is called copy clip for mac um on windows there's there's a built-in um clipboard called and you just do window key plus v on windows 10 and uh, so that works fine. And Eric's got an update for Chromebooks as well. Because I looked for Chromebooks <laughs> and I, I, I saw like coming soon for Chromebooks, but I didn't actually see if it was here or not. Is it here now for Chromebooks? I don't know if it's here yet or not, but they announced it for the 10th birthday. Uh, Chrome uh, on the, I think it was the 9th of um, this month, or of, well, of March. Uh, Chromebooks had their 10th birthday and Google announced that uh, one of the many features that is either rolling out or soon will be rolling out is the clipboard in Chrome OS will save the last five things you've copied. Nice. And which talk about things that went away. Do you, you guys remember web clipboard that was built into Google Docs? No. Way How old are you, Eric? <laughs> I've been doing this 29 years. Um, I'll be turning 52 this year. Uh, so, um, yeah, originally Google Docs had, it was one of the features I mentioned. I used to do a session called, you know, fabulous features of Google Docs. Web clipboard was in the edit menu. If you went oh. to edit, you could do a regular copy paste or you could copy paste to the web clipboard. I loved it. So you could be sitting on one computer, copy something, go home and paste it, you know, because yeah. it just, 
and it was just built in. It was just part of Docs, and they got rid of it. Yeah. I don't know. Figure that. Out. I, I, I completely <laughs> forgot about that. But yeah. <laughs> well, there's always that fun game you can play where you're on a Zoom call or something, and you say, "Everybody, just paste the last thing that you copied and stick it in chat," and you go, "Boom!" That's, and not, then, that's not safe. Who knows what comes <laughs> up there? Safe. You know? That's right. Yeah. Not <laughs> <safe>. <laughs> Passwords and all kinds of stuff. You have to be out. real okay. close with those Zoom partners. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Uh, okay, so I'll do my second uh, tech nugget then, which is uh, a recent announcement from Google. I'm, I'm not Eric probably seen this one already but uh, Chrome can now provide uh, caption audio and video um, so just it's built into the accessibility features inside of Chrome now you can go and flip that on and although a lot of videos like YouTube and things will do automatic captions for you the one place that we find that you can't get these very easily or automatically very easily is in like Google Drive you share that Google Drive video and although you can upload the caption file and and all that it takes time to build that out and everything but if you turn this on and I was just testing it before the podcast here it works really well it will just automatically pop up. You hit the CC button and uh, I think it automatically pops up and just does real-time uh, transcription of video, audio. And it works across social media sites. Uh, it works offline. It does it all on device, so it's not sending anything up to the cloud or anything else. So I think it's just a fun feature if you want to try that and play with that or ask your kids if they want to turn that on on their, on their devices too. That is awesome. I recently just saw that came out and added it to my accessibility and accommodations uh, resources that I try to collect. Um, and it is great for a lot of things. It could be, you know, if somebody's having a hard time hearing or if that is something that they struggle with normally, but also just for reinforcement of when students are learning to read. There's a lot of studies that show hearing something and seeing the words of it at the same time help build that connection between the written word and the spoken word and help students when they're first reading. So to have captions on things you know, whether it's your, on your television or YouTube videos or things like this can also reinforce uh, students uh, learning how to read. Absolutely. Yep. I'm a big fan of captions. I, oh, I, yes. I have them on at home a lot of the time, too. So, I always you know, have them I on. think, you know, especially we, you hear things that, you know, you don't normally hear sometimes on TVs, like background conversations between characters that are like oh, yeah. captioned there that you wouldn't hear mm-hmm. normally. And it's it's quite illuminating. So. I first started doing that when my uh, when my daughter was just a baby because, and this was forever ago, uh, but when she'd finally get to sleep at night, I didn't want to wake her up. And so if I wanted to watch a show, I would turn on the caption so I could read it, you know, mm-hmm. or have the volume really, really low and just found the incredible benefit of, like you said, catching things that you otherwise wouldn't mm-hmm. have noticed. And so... I apologize to anybody that ever watches a show with me. You're going to see captions. Yeah. I turn them on all the time, constantly. Awesome. All right, Eric, why don't you share yeah. some of your nuggets with us to round off the show? Yeah, so I just went with a the theme uh, on screencasting tools. Um, I mean, I love you know the ones we've we've had for a while. You know, Screencastify, Loom, Nimbus, things like that. They're wonderful, fantastic. But I think the pandemic has really put a lot of focus on the importance of being able to easily record ourselves 
do, um, you know, either recording our screen ourselves, both and sharing those out. And so three things that, you know, kind of hit my radar uh, recently. One was that with the latest version of Chrome OS. So I think it's version 89 of the Chromebook operating system uh, screen capture for video is now built in, I should say screen recording tool, not screen capture tool, sorry about that, uh, because we've had screen capture, so, uh, but screen recording. Um, and so now if you go down to the little, you know, menu in the bottom right where your clock is at, there's a, uh, a screen recording button and it's very basic right now. I mean, it records the screen and it saves it, you know, and that's pretty much it. But from what Google mentioned with their big Learning with Google event um, in February, they uh, mentioned they expect to do a lot of development with this tool. So maybe it'll turn into an actual editor with more features and so forth. But hey, it's there right now. So if you're in a Chromebook, you can uh, easily do screen recording uh, right there from the Chromebook. Um, then the second one I want to mention is an extension that's not new, but it got an update recently. Um, so Clay Smith um, does uh, a lot of amazing extensions uh, under the um, uh, website of Clay Codes, claycodes.org. And uh, Record to Slides is one of his extensions that I've just been loving recently because, yeah, you want to put video into a Google Slideshow. And this could be awesome for students. Let's say you create a Google Slideshow with a prompt for the students to answer, share the slideshow with all of your class, give everybody edit rights, let everybody get their own slide and respond to it, and then read each other's responses. Well, what if you want them to throw themselves into it, especially if they're learning at home and you start losing that connection? Wouldn't it be awesome for kids to record themselves, put themselves right into the slide? Well, of course, I can do that with, you know, screencast save it to my drive, go to Google Slides, insert the video, whatever. Well, record the slides, though. It's just so easy. You're in Google Slides. You hit the little, uh, it's a little camera record button at the top. You hit it. It pops up. And you can say, I want to record my webcam and or my, you know, my screen. You can set the permissions right in the pop-up. It records, you hit done, boom, drops it right into your slide. So, of course, it's uploading it to your drive, it's sharing it, and it's inserting it. So, so, so easy to put video into a Google slide with that. And then the last I'm going to mention, still learning a lot about this one. I've signed up for it and tried it out. It's called Threadit. And this is from Google. Um, Google has a uh, division called Area 120, which is their incubator for new ideas. And Threadit uh, came out of that. So T-H-R-E-A-D-I-T, Threadit. And it is um, a website and an extension that um, lets you record your webcam and or your screen, um, which you say, well, you know, that sounds like a lot of these other tools. But what I like about it is a couple of things that are pretty clever with it. First of all, when you go to do the recording, it treats each recording as little clips. So you can say, okay, I need to do a recording, but you can start and stop and you can do multiple clips and it will line them all up for you. And you can then save them all as one video. So it's actually got a little bit, a little bit of editing built right into it. But then when you get done saving it, the whole idea is that you're going to be sharing it with others. And when you share that video out to them, when you send it out to them, you can choose whether they can reply or not. And that will let them record a threaded in response, you know, a video in, in response to you. So the idea is initially for like, you know, 
tech support or for project management within an organization, you can tell from the website, that's their thinking. They're thinking business, they're thinking project management, but we as educators give us anything and we're going to turn it on its head and go, Hey, here's what we can do with it. You know, now at the moment, the only limitation is it is being, it's, it's available for anybody with a personal Gmail account. If you try to access it with a, um, uh, Google Workspace account, it does pop up and say that they're still working on getting it <clears throat> approved to work with, you know, enterprise or whatever, like, you know, workspace type accounts. There's a form you can fill out. And I did <clears throat> when I was on the website to say, hey, we'd, we'd like to use this. But it looks pretty interesting. Uh, be curious to see where where this might go as an easy way to record your screen, record yourself, and then get that sent out to others. That does look like an interesting one yeah i'm kind of intrigued by that it's almost yeah. looks like one of maybe one of those google 20 percent uh projects yes. that someone was working on and uh yep you got it you know some of those come to life in all kinds of different ways and others never see the light of day i'm, I'm sure but <laughs> yeah that's a good one very yeah, good but the point is it's easier than ever to record ourselves yeah, right. and get that and goes a long way to being more personal to you know letting our students have a voice letting them hear our voice see us you know and have us all staying connected together so take advantage of those yeah and i think people are more much more at ease about doing that kind of thing now i think there was there's a lot of teachers almost like some a lot of students that don't want to be on video and they will they'll do a screencast but they won't have their face on there and things like that and and that's fine but i think you know like you said making more of that personal connection you know tools like these will help with that well eric kurtz thank you so much for coming on thank you guys in real (laughs) life my pleasure <laughs> about as close to real life as we'll get before you know for a little we start while. to meet up yeah. at these conferences and things <laughs> in, in person now yeah we will definitely be uh, tuning into your your iTech uh, presentations for sure we're looking forward to to seeing those so we'll put links to those as well as registration for the conference in the in the show notes there but uh, yeah thank you again for coming on Eric it was my pleasure all right so um, I think that's about Everything we have for this week, Mindy. Right. And it probably rounds up our like our interview series for a while. You know, maybe yeah. you and I should just, you know <laughs> actually work. What? Go back and, you know, do some work. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. Mindy always said, you know, the interview episodes are the easiest ones because yeah. we don't have to talk as much as <laughs> But uh yeah, that's everything we have for, for this week. So until next time. This has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it at the spot. For more information on today's episode, please visit dlgwaea.org slash podcast.